0: This is Public Hearing. I'm Evan Mealens, Editor in Chief of the Auburn
1: Plainsman. And I'm Charlie Ramo, the content editor for the Auburn Plainsman.
0: Good afternoon, Charlie. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you, Evan?
0: How are classes going? They're pretty good, pretty good. I'm off to a off to a decent start, you know, taking some fun ones and some not so fun ones. How about you? Yeah, I'm in the same
1: boat. I have a few interesting electives going on. I mean, we're only a few weeks in, so we'll see how difficult the year gets, but I'm hopeful.
0: Right, right. Well, I am very excited for our show today. We have a very special guest from the city of Auburn. We have Mayor Ron Anders to sit down and talk with us. But before we get to that,
2: here is a quick break. The Korea Center King Sejong Institute in the Auburn University Office of International Programs is offering four Korean language courses this fall, from September 13th to December 7th. Each course is $120 and taught on Zoom by a native Korean speaking instructor. All courses are open to everyone and the level one course requires no previous Korean speaking experience. To learn more and register, email a-u-k-s-i at auburn.edu. That is a-u-k-s-i at auburn.edu.
0: Mayor Anders, thank you for being with us today on Public Hearing. Uh, thank you for coming down to the campus. How's your day been?
3: It's been a busy day, but that's a good thing. Um, mayors that are, are busy means that uh, that's a signal that your community is, got, is moving. And certainly Auburn is a is a community on the move. We just found out last week that we're over seventy six thousand as we stand here today, and we really believe that number is greater than that. And um, and certainly uh, as we're continuing to grow rapidly, um, you you've got that in place, and then obviously school is back, and so thirty thousand young people, uh, which most of those were not here this summer, have come back to our campus. About four or five thousand of those being new new students, so they're finding their way around and. There's just a level of energy and excitement that that occurs in our community when school school starts back, not only for our public school children but for the college students. Had our first home football game with Auburn High School last Friday night and look forward to two weeks from Saturday with the first Auburn Tiger football game as well.
0: Right. Well, it certainly is a busy time right now. It's been a busy past week or so. So I'm glad you could uh, find some time to come down and talk with us. And what we really want to focus on is the manufacturing industry in Auburn. And starting off with, what do you think the recent influx in manufacturing has done for Auburn itself as a town?
3: Well, there's a lot of great things it does for our community, Evan. First of all, it provides great jobs um, with great benefits for those that are working in those manufacturing uh, companies. There's over 6,000 individuals in our community now that are working in our manufacturing uh, sector. What that means for people and your your peers is is if they would like to stay in auburn we've got more and more opportunities for them to be able to stay in our community and and find a great job what that means for people live in and around us who many people lost their job through the change primarily in the textile industry over the last 20 years but there are other significant industries that have closed down there used to be a huge tire plant in our area that closed down and and a number of other plants in in the general area that have closed now they've got some great options to come work in Auburn. Um, we, we did a survey a few years ago that, that told us that less than a third of our employees in, the, in our manufacturing companies have children in our school system. And we were trying to gauge, is our school system growing because of our manufacturing sector? And it's really, it, it is a little, but it's not the primary reason. And what that told us is that a lot of people, um, probably over two thirds of the, of the employees are coming from other communities. And so when you think of a community like a Tuskegee or a Dadeville or a Lynette or a Valley, it's communities that were used to, used to be very prosperous communities that had a lot of jobs and a lot of uh, activity and stability, but have struggled in recent years, we're able to provide great jobs for those citizens of those communities, which we believe helps everybody in the radius around us. One of the primary factors of uh, That we look at when we seek new companies to come to Auburn is the number two mechanism that we fund our local government with is occupational tax. And so 1% of everybody's payroll that works in the city of Auburn comes to the city, comes to Auburn, the municipal government, and that's what we pave your roads and fill in your potholes. That's what we build new parks with. That's what we uh, purchase new fire trucks and hire new police officers with is that money. Uh, It's number two behind sales tax. And so the more well-paying jobs we can create in our community, really there's, it, there's just a number of ways that it positively impacts our city.
0: Right, right. And I, kn- I know a lot of people out there are very thankful for those things. So so
3: as
1: Auburn continues to see these new industries coming into the city, what is the city's role in attracting these new businesses to the area instead of elsewhere?
3: Well, it's a, we have a big role. We have an, Indu- an economic development department within the city, that has an industrial focus within that economic development department. Really, they're divided into two. You've got a commercial um, department and you've got an industrial department. We also have an industrial development board that actually current Auburn president, Jay Googe is a member of that board. Current engineering dean, Dr. Chris Roberts, is a member of that board, um, which I think tells its own story about the collective efforts of a town and gown trying to make things better for all of our community, but They play a primary role in recruiting these companies to town. And in the world we live in now, very rarely, if not ever, does a company come and make that kind of investment in your community, hire that many people in your community, and you not negotiate with them. And so we do offer incentives, tax abatement sometimes to um, get these companies to come to our community. Everyone is kind of cooked to order, depending on what the needs and the nuances are of that company. But we're very aggressive in that. We look for for high tech companies. We look for clean, you know, clean uh, technology. We look for for companies that are uh, that are really going to provide opportunities for partnerships with different departments here on campus because we think that's one of the value added uh, attractions we have in the city of Auburn is we have this land grant university here where many of the majors and many of the the, the uh, departments. Have a there there's opportunities for connection with these um, with these new companies, and so it's a primary effort that we take from an employee standpoint and in the industrial development part of our economic development team, then our industrial development board, and then obviously this ends up coming to the mayor and the city council eventually. But we 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 raise our banner high and we go after the people we want very aggressively.
0: So a lot of this plays into the university. And they certainly have a role in this. How much of the relationship between industry and Auburn relies on the university?
3: Well, a lot. I mean, it's a it's a big carrot that we're able mm-hmm. to, to to hang in front of these potential companies when right. they can when they see the academic horsepower that not only is available to them in our community, but that is wants to be uh, wants to work with them. That there's already a uh, a resume of partnership between university departments and uh, companies in our community that we have a culture here that that is what's not only done but it's expected and everybody believes that's what we do there's no question that having that access to that kind of academic horsepower is important for a new company that is pushing the envelope and looking at new ways of of uh producing whatever they're producing so it's a it's a big part evan of what we do right right
1: So while the university can be a uh, leveraging for these industries looking into areas to move into, does the university being so large in a city our size have an, does it have an effect on city functions day to day? Basically, uh, uh, how dependent is the city on the university?
3: Look, uh, Auburn University is the largest employer in the city of Auburn. That matters if you go back to what I just said about the occupational tax. You can imagine what that math looks like and and what it creates for our OCC revenues in the city of Auburn. There are obviously other opportunities that they provide through quality of life things. There are partnerships with the Gooch Center. The city is invested in the Gooch Center, but what that means to our whole community is incredible. What they're doing with their school children is awesome. The Jewel Collins-Smith Museum, the city's invested in that, but look what it does for all of our community, athletics. We're spending a lot of time getting ready for football season, and we're so happy to think that we're going to have 87,000 people inside the stadium, but that is a true partnership that the city and our public safety people primarily get involved with athletics to make sure that we provide for a safe, productive atmosphere, not only safe as far as taking care of our people, that are coming and going, and all of our visitors, but making sure logistically we can get people in and get people out. Um, that doesn't happen just on accident. It doesn't happen because the lights turn red and green. It happens because of a lot of forethought. So the university is primary in everything we do. There was a time when I grew up here that the university was really overwhelming as far as its influence and its importance to our community because it was such there, was a, there wasn't there was a manufacturing sector in our community. We had a very small commercial influence in downtown Auburn, very small. And so what went on at the university was very important, but in 1980 when Jan Dempsey became the mayor of Auburn, uh, she hired a city manager by the name of Doug Watson, and through their efforts they realized that Auburn needed to diversify its economy, that we didn't need to be just reliant upon the university and whether the university was going to grow or or stay the same, if they were going to add this or add that, how big the football stadium was going to be, it was important for us to to go do some things on our own. And so then we started, we invested in our school system, which has attracted new residents to our community and has brought new companies to our community. And then we went out and sought um, companies to come and create an industrial center here in Auburn. And that's what we've done. And so we're still very reliant upon Auburn University, and we're very thankful for everything that Auburn University brings to the table, whether directly or indirectly, whether it's financially or whether it's quality life. Their partnership with the city of Auburn is paramount to the success of our community. But we're not as reliant upon the university as we were 40 years ago because we have diversified our job base.
1: Hey, this is Miley, podcast editor for The Plainsman, and we'll be right back after this break.
2: This is Trice Brown, multimedia editor for The Plainsman. Here's your news for the week. Lee County schools joined Auburn and Opelika's school districts in requiring all individuals to wear masks indoors due to what district superintendent James McCoy said was a significant number of COVID-19 cases in the first week and a half of classes. The district previously encouraged individuals to wear masks but did not require them. In a statement made Friday, Auburn head football coach Brian Harson announced that he has tested positive for COVID-19. While he isolates at home, assistant coach Jeff Schmetting will serve as interim head coach. Dr. Fred Cam, director of the Auburn University Medical Clinic, said the university is ready to offer booster shots of the coronavirus vaccine once they are publicly authorized. The CDC issued guidance on Wednesday for those with Moderna or Pfizer vaccines that booster shots may be necessary to renew protection against COVID-19, as studies have shown that their effectiveness decreases over time. The agency said that it aims to make booster shots available starting the week of September 20th and that individuals should receive a booster shot eight months after their second dose. This has been your news for the week. Now, back to the show.
0: So, you mentioned that a lot of the ways that this city is, you know, diversifying its, its job base, commercial um, space is, you know, downtown, opening these new businesses. Are you expecting more growth in the future maybe outside of downtown or continuing development downtown, or is it a little bit of both? I think you'll
3: see it in both places, Evan. You're you're seeing downtown. You're seeing a new uh, Publix in downtown. You're seeing two new parking decks. Auburn Bank has taken over a whole block, and there's not only going to be a bank there, but you're going to see other businesses and other professionals inside that building as well. Uh, And we believe that there's other projects that will come to downtown in the near future Mm -hmm. too. I think you're going to see more hotels in downtown Auburn. Um, and you're going to see more shopping in downtown Auburn, and you're going to see more restaurants. And that's important because it's the heart of our city and it's the connection to to the university. But there are also great commercial opportunities that are going on outside of downtown. Opelika Road is something that's currently in a mess right now out near Niffers. Uh, That is the fifth generation of our fourth generation of our Renew Opelika plan. As we try to breathe new life into Opelika Road, which is an existing corridor, which still has a lot of cars that travel up and down Opelika Road. And there's a lot of opportunity for great business to occur Mm -hmm. uh, up and down Opelika Road. And I think you'll continue to see that evolve. Even the mall, um, where people view mall with maybe the modern day uh, citizen doesn't think of the mall as a primary place to shop as the past citizen did but there's still great opportunities in and around that that intersection right there. You've got grocery stores there. You've got drug stores there. You've got restaurants there. You've got a big art store there. You've got a new health club that's about to open in that area. So there's still a lot going on. In North Auburn, which will be the primary sector of growth for our city, As you go out Donahue Drive, you go down 14, you go out North College, you will see more residential out there, and you'll see more commercial out in those areas as well as people try to bring the day-to-day needs of a citizen as close to them as possible, which, which is great because it keeps those cars from driving all over town to go to the bank or go to the dry cleaners or go to the dentist or go to the vet. If you, The more we can bring those things to the neighborhoods, the better off it is for all of us. So I think you'll continue to see commercial, retail, um, professional service restaurants. I think you'll see that follow where the people are And in the next 20 years, primarily the people are going to go northwest and northwest is where a lot of the new areas will be. I think when you look east, southeast of Auburn, and you go to see the Ogletree Village community and what's happened out there with the grocery store and all the restaurants and all the different things that happen in and around um, that little intersection, I think you can see two or three of those intersections pop up in different areas around our community in the next 10 years.
0: So I, I want to go back to north and northwest. You said you're expecting lots of growth there. Have you started to see signs of that already?
3: Absolutely. If you go out Farmville Road, the mm-hmm. growth in Donahue is tremendous. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richland Road, tremendous. Uh, we've just spent the first two weeks of school trying to figure out how to handle all the school traffic mm-hmm. on Richland Road. If you go down Highway 14, um, as it goes towards Macon County and Lochapoca and Otisoga, you're starting to see some growth. But if you go past Farmville Road into Mrs. James Road and Highway 280 and past Highway 280 into Heath Road, you're going to see Auburn stretch into all of those areas right there. I believe ultimately, and this is just a belief on my part, that almost all the property in and around those areas, with the exception of property that's owned by Auburn University that they use for extension reasons or certainly study reasons um, with their different schools, primarily ag, I would think, um, you're going to see a lot of that being brought into, potentially being brought into the city. and so that's why right now we're doing a 280 corridor study where we're looking at all the potential opportunities up and down 280 for about the next, as you go out to uh, uh, North College in 280 and you head towards, take a left and head towards Birmingham, what does Auburn look like for the next three or four miles right there? Mm-hmm. And what could we potentially see with residential and commercial development in and around that area? Um, right. It's something we're trying to study and get our arms around now because we think it's time, is coming quickly.
0: Right, so that area right now is unincorporated Lee County? Is it, is it? Not
3: all of it. It's, there's pockets out there. There's pockets of okay. it in the city. There's pockets that's in the county, and there's pockets owned by Auburn University. So you've got a mixed bag out there. Okay. But that's what happens with all these areas that Auburn has grown into. That's what happened with North Donahue Drive, which when I was growing up in Auburn, that was the way you went to the back road to Stillwaters and to the lake. Or, mm-hmm. or out where Tree Village is, that was the back way to Columbus, Georgia. So all of these areas used to be backways or country roads that were serving Auburn uh, for very minimal reasons, and now they've become primary thoroughfares. And it's a big challenge for us as we try to um, keep up with the transportation needs of a, of a fast-growing community. Right, right.
1: As you look to the outer areas of the city of Auburn and into the county, uh looking into this potential new growth of industry and people, do you expect to see new infrastructure projects that the city's taking on as new people move in?
3: No question about that. And look, we 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 hang some of that responsibility on the developers. So if you want to bring hundreds and hundreds of houses in our community, you're going to help us widen those roads and make those intersections better. We we believe, you know our our belief at the city is is that you've got to help us with some of those costs. You can't expect the city to be burdened with that. So as Auburn continues to grow, um, our roads are going to have to follow. So you're going to have to look at road expansions, turn lanes. All those kind of things, new intersections are going to have to come behind. We've got to make sure we can get water and sewer to all these new neighborhoods, which is a decision that's made before really the neighborhoods are often platted or even brought into the city. Then we've got to decide, do we? And one of the things we're challenged with right now, do we have enough parks and rec amenities for all these families to use if they move to our community? All these kids that come to our school system that want to sit in our classrooms, and their parents bring them bring them here for that reason, which is, I believe, the number one reason that Auburn has grown so much. Well, they want to play ball after school. They want to go do things after school. And we're quickly running out of space for a lot of that. So that's going to follow. Right now on Farmville Road, you see a new school being built and a new fire station about to open. That's really infrastructure. It's it's people too, but but those buildings are part of the infrastructure that we have to have to run a city um in the best way possible without question the biggest challenge for a fast-growing city is to provide the quality of life and the infrastructure uh, to serve those citizens that come to this community and that currently is what myself and the city manager and the city council spend a lot of our time considering how to do, where does our money go does it, what projects do we go does it go to does it go to sidewalks does it go to intersection improvements does it go to road widenings does it go to Uh, parks and rec amenities Um, those are the things that we're challenged by that we have to make hard decisions on and try to plan for and budget
0: so i understand that one way the city is planning for the future with all of this growth happening is auburn 2040 and i understand that it also was paused for a minute but i understand that it got started could you tell me how that's going and how you're planning for growth of industry at auburn 2040
3: Well, Auburn 2040 is is an idea that um, I offered to our community when I was running for mayor. It was the third generation of um, a community planning initiative that was done under Jan Dempsey. She did Auburn 2000 and Auburn 2020. Um, I was, as a local citizen, I was involved in Auburn 2020. I chaired the intergovernmental committee and thought it was a wonderful experience. And so... I felt like it was time for Auburn to do that again. And we had, we had a lot of new faces in our community and they wanted to be a part of the decision-making and this would be a great chance to get off from a place at the table. And so after I was elected, my plan was um, to do that halfway through my term, which would have been the summer of 2020 and we had it teed up and ready to go. And then our world changed on us last year. And so we never even got started last year. And, uh, and so this year things looked promising, you know, late in the spring, um, that we could maybe get this back on on everybody's mind and and get everybody fired up about it, and we did. We had almost three hundred citizens sign up to be a part of these teams, volunteer, and uh, had you know the captains that I'd recruited from the previous year. Almost every one of them came back, and said, "Yeah, I'll continue to serve," and we had a great kickoff. And almost all of our teams had had their first meeting, one of our teams had had their second meeting, and every one of them, all the reports I got, were that they were positive. People were engaged. They were enthusiastic about it. They were happy to be there, thankful. It wasn't that they weren't, you know, they were having debates within the, some, of, some of the topics they were bringing forth, but it was healthy. It was good. But then the numbers just got going in the wrong direction, and I just felt like that bringing 30 or 40 people who don't live under the same roof to, to the common, to a common roof in a room together, um, was not in the best interest of the community. Right. So, uh, I have used the word pause, because <laughs> pause means we've just stopped for the time okay. being. We're not stopping for good, and it's my hope that sometime in the near future we'll see an opening and we'll bring that back. But one of the, you know, all of the areas are impacted by growth. Um, right. So the, each each of the teams that are that are going to be studying things. How Auburn grows and how many people live here and what are those needs going to be for those people is going to impact every decision that we make in there, whether it's our whether it's our image and brand as a community, whether it's our relationship with the city of Opelika and our state delegation, our national delegation, our, um, our hospital and our university, which is intergovernmental, whether it's family community as we decide how many ball fields and how many gymnasiums and how many parks and how many cemeteries and how many walking paths and how many all those things we need, you know, whether it's public safety, where you know, how many police officers is it going to take for us to operate a police force in 2040 if we've got 100,000 people that live here, and how many more fire stations are we going to need, and mm-hmm. what do communications look like between people in public safety uh, in 20 years, which is a futuristic thing to think about. How do we communicate with one another? Growth and development. What what do we need? You know, what is that going to look like, and where are those people coming from, and what are their jobs going to be, and what are some of the things we're going to be. Con- mindful of what do we want our neighborhoods to look like in our future what do we want our roads to look like and then transportation is a huge one what is transportation going to be like I mean are we going to be the Jetsons and we're going to have (laughs) flying cars or we're going to have electric cars or is anybody going to own a car you know what is and so this was the time for us to think from 10,000 feet what is our world going to look like and certainly our growth uh, is the elephant in the room for all of those conversations Mm -hmm. sounds like there's also a lot of
0: uncertainty you got to deal with when you're looking that far ahead. Well,
3: you you can't – I mean, nobody knows exactly Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. But you can plan well. And if you go back and look at Auburn 2020 and Auburn 2000 uh, at those times. So, Auburn 2000 was done in 1985. And then Auburn 2020 was done in 1997. Uh, And it's pretty interesting some of the things. If you go back and look at the success of the goals and how many of them have been implemented – I think we've got smart enough people in this town with committed enough intentions that we'll we'll figure some things out that we can land on. Uh,
1: People in the city can see all of the things that are going on in Auburn, all of the things outside of the university. But people looking from the outside in, if you look up Auburn, the first thing you're going to find is the university. And a lot of those people might uh, compare the city of Auburn to other college towns. So how does this increase of manufacturing and industry, all this other stuff, how does that differentiate us from some of the other college towns across the state and in the South?
3: That's an interesting question. Um, what I what I do know is that the college communities and the growth of college communities is something that's happening in a lot of places. It's not just happening in Auburn. And and, and there's probably a lot of similar reasons for that. Um what i know about our community is that we have looked holistically at what auburn should be and we've decided uh, generations ago that we're not just going to be a university town we're going to we're going to be a progressive small city that happens to have a large university included and so we're going to we're going to heavily invest in our public school system to make sure that it is always the, one of the key components of our community that when people look at Auburn, they're going to see this is a great school that my children or grandchildren could go to. But more importantly, it's a great school system. That if I even want to come here and retire, a community that invests in its children and its public school system, I believe sends a signal to potential visitors or new residents or new companies that we've got our priorities in order. When you look at the the primary areas that we spend money on in our general fund, public safety is number one. And so you look – if I'm an outsider and I'm looking at – all right, so here's Auburn. It's a college community. It's got this well-known university. They've got big-time departments and big-time programs and big-time athletics, and it's something we've seen on TV, and they've got a gold medal winner that's actively going to school there. But they're also going to see this is a community that's that's highest priorities are protection and education. And when you tell somebody that the most the most expensive thing that we spend money on in our city is protecting you and your family and educating and providing hope and a future for our children. To me, that's shouting from the mountaintops that we've got our priorities in order, and I believe that helps us attract the kind of people that want to live here and, and continue to make Auburn a unique place. Mary Anders, that is about all I have. Is there anything else that you want to add? Sure, Evan. I just appreciate you and Charlie inviting me to this today. I appreciate our student body, number one, caring about what goes on in the city. Number two, being interested. Um, Weagle and the Plainsman do a great job you know, being focused on what we do here at the city, and we're certainly very grateful for that. Um, Our students, I've always said our students are one of our most underutilized and greatest resources we have in our community. And so it's been my desire as mayor to have an active relationship with the student leadership of this city and to try to speak to as many student groups as possible to encourage them to step across the street and not be afraid to be involved in our community. We need you. Many of our nonprofits in Lee County wouldn't survive and wouldn't be able to provide the things that they provide for people in need if it wasn't for our students at Auburn University who volunteer their time to go and serve. And we're certainly grateful for that. We're grateful for all the employees that are students that help make our job sector and our stores and our restaurants unique. We've got a lot of places in Auburn that you can only find in Auburn. And most of those places – probably the, the greatest number of their employees are college students. And so students mean a lot to us. We, we, we see them at church, we see them at ball games, we see them in tumors when we're throwing toilet paper. It's my belief that they're just as much a part of our community as the family that's lived here 50 years. And so I appreciate the students caring about what's going on in Auburn, and my message to Auburn University students is that you're important to us, and we want you to not just be here for four years and go to college, but to be here for four or five years, go to college, and find a way to be a great part of our community because we welcome you.
0: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you coming out here today and you know, talking with some students and spreading what the university has planned. And we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Thank you, Mr. Anders. Anytime. Thank you. Right. Well, Charlie, you
1: know, Auburn Shore has grown a lot it's becoming increasingly clear that Auburn's
0: more than just a college town. Definitely, for sure, for sure. Well, thank you for listening. This has been Public Hearing from the Auburn Plainsmen. I'm Evan Melans. And I'm Charlie Ramo. Signing off.